Hello, this is Jean MacDonald, the Midlife Woman's friend, and I'm taking a break from my usual work of supporting and encouraging midlife women through their midlife transition. I want to do this so I can make some comments on the COVID-19 situation and its short and long-term likely effects. The world is only just beginning to wake up to the fact that in Western societies at least, our lives will never be the same again. I call this series my pattern interrupt series, and I explain usually at the beginning of each one what I mean by a pattern interrupt. Hello, this is Jean MacDonald, the Midlife Woman's Friend, and today I'm continuing with the fifth episode in my pattern interrupt series about the consequences now and into the future of the COVID-19 lockdown. There is famous Shakespeare quotation which goes, if all the year were playing holidays, to sport would be as tedious as to work. I find that a very quick phrase to get when I hear the play Henry V, but it's definitely there. So many of us are having a taste of that. In fact, rather more than a taste. I've talked in earlier podcasts about how many of us use overwork as an anaesthetic to avoid thinking about some of the deeper issues in our lives. Today, I want to talk more about work itself. So what is this tedious work that we do these days? In Shakespeare's time, it used to be that the majority of the population worked on growing and processing food. And if they didn't, they would starve. But these days, food and other resources are so plentiful and organized that very few of us need to concern ourselves with such basic issues. Or at least that has been the way until very recently. So what do the rest of us do? Most people seem to have jobs related to moving, manipulating or massaging other people's money. Then there is a large army of people who spend their time regulating, policing and bullying other people and interfering in their lives. I don't mean the ordinary police. The productive group of people who make, process and distribute food, equipment and other necessities is relatively small. The question I've heard people asked about their work and job is, how far are you away from the customer who willingly puts their hand in their wallet or purse to pay for something? There is a very grave shortage of real work with an obvious beneficial outcome. I don't know what's going to happen after the lockdown is fully lifted, but I'm expecting that much of the unproductive financial and regulating superstructure of valueless work will not be sustainable. And with it will go a lot of unproductive jobs. Why do I think that? Because the superstructure are, is largely based on myth and even the illusion of money. If we ask the question of others and yourself, why do you justify knocking yourself out in such a frantic, stressful activity as most work has involved hitherto? The most common answer we're going to get from people is, I work for the money. Money is what I call the myth and illusion. It has been diluted, corrupted and devalued over recent decades to the point where it is barely performing its real function. 
The original function of money was to provide a medium of exchange which we could trust. If I sold you something of value, you could give me a token which I trusted that I could exchange for something of value that I wanted. Today we have moved so far from that simple concept and mechanism that we're all chasing a money merry-go-round where the money isn't even visible. Inside that merry-go-round, a trick is being played, which is that all the value that is created is being sucked in. You will be asking for a practical example of how this is happening. Well, I'll give you one. The planes that flew above our heads so frequently in the past are not actually owned by the airlines whose name they carry. They are leased. That means rented by the month. They're not owned by the aircraft manufacturer either. The airplanes are leased to an intermediate financial company who adds a margin and then leases them to the airline. In this way, the intermediate company has taken control of the value of the airplane without actually having to buy it, but still effectively owning it. The same is becoming increasingly common with such things as cars, commercial equipment, and other things which we assume that are owned by the person using them. Many of the restaurants and pubs which are now closed will be leasing much of the equipment they use. The other big area of deception is owning houses. The price of houses has now been inflated to the point where the only people who can afford to buy houses are banks and building societies. The people who live in those houses lease the use of those houses by the month by paying a mortgage payment to the bank or building society. Some of these people only pay interest on the mortgage. Others pay back a small amount of the capital value of the loan. In both cases, there's no realistic prospect that they will ever own the property. The generation for whom a home ownership was a reality is fast dying out. Their children are stuck as tenants of the banks and building societies. Similarly, with consumer debt, which is fueled by the frantic demand for the newest and latest consumer products. While we still owe money on them, they are effectively owned by the money industry. So why is this intricate system in danger? The whole money merry-go-round system depends on everybody keeping up their payments. Now what's happening? The airplanes are mostly grounded and the airlines have little revenue to make their payments. Many other businesses who have been closed for months have not been earning revenue to keep up their payments. At the domestic level, many households will not have had the income to pay their mortgage or car payments and may not even have that money for many months to come. Many people will just not be able to make their credit card payments, let alone repay the debt. The money companies, or finance industries they call themselves, have a built-in margin for people who default on their payments. They can afford to wait a few months and, worst case, take back the asset or house and sell it on the open market to make good the debt. However, the scale of defaulting will overwhelm all built-in expectations by the finance companies. Many companies and individuals will be forced into bankruptcy. Debt defaulting will become so widespread that the system can't cope with it. In this unprecedented situation, bankruptcy will no longer be a shame or a disgrace. The likely scale of defaulting on payments of various sorts throughout the economy will never have been seen before. 
it will overwhelm the finance company's margins and they will struggle to keep going and pay their staff. When they try to sell their assets, they will find a fast-falling market glutted with other people trying to do the same. House prices have been inflated and kept high by the financial system pumping out more money. With wide-scale default on mortgages and difficulty in getting new ones, house prices are likely to fall. It may even be that we have a new money system, a currency independent of the international money markets. I'm afraid all this adds up to some bleak prospects. So what can you do to lessen the impact of this financial implosion on yourself and your family if it happens? I will be covering that in the next and final episode of my Patent Interrupt series of podcasts. That is the end of this episode of my Patent Interrupt series. Please listen out and look out for the next one. In the meantime, this is Jean MacDonald, the Midlife Woman's Friend, signing off. Bye.